and I remember someone laughed at me. Really? They literally got me stand in front of my face, laughed at me because I, I as um, some of your listeners may not know, but I am Muslim and I race fully covered. And her statement was, "You'll never be able to go to fat, get go fast wearing all those clothes." Mm, wow. Yeah. So that kind of that kind of lit it turned my flame from you know bright red to blue, and you know the blue flame is hot. You are listening to the No Gimmicks Just Sweat podcast with your host, Eric Logan. No Gimmicks Just Sweat is dedicated to hearing the journeys and unique stories behind an athlete's training and what drives them. Get inspired to own your life and make the impossible possible. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Also, please take a few seconds to rate the show and drop me a review. Now, let's get started with the show. Hello and welcome to a new episode of No Game Is Just Sweat. And today we welcome Khadija Diggs to the show. Khadija, how are you doing today? Awesome, awesome. Happy Monday. Yes, happy Monday. Happy Monday. Um, thank you for coming on to the show. I appreciate you having me. Thank you, thank you. All right, as with every show, we always start with a little warm-up, you know, by throwing out some icebreaker questions. You ready for them? I am ready. <laughs> <laughs> or you say ready as you ever be <laughs> all right morning training or evening training um a little bit of both but i prefer the evening i do not like to get up early <laughs> uh, see morning, just something about morning trains though <laughs> all right well how about this coffee or tea coffee for sure definitely coffee and I have I have my own blend by Fen Coffee. It's called the Khadija blend. Ah, okay. Chocolate and hazelnut. Ooh, that sounds good. Oh, that sounds so good. All right. Cardio training or strength training? I do both, especially uh for women as you age, especially. Um, you, you gotta get in both. Both are extremely important. Yes, baby. Even for men as well as women. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of times uh, triathletes forget about that strength training, and that's when we fall into the overuse injuries and loss yes. of power. So, yeah. Yes, definitely. All right. Run on a treadmill or run outside? Definitely outside. <laughs> yes. It's just something about being outside, that fresh air, that sunshine. Yes. All right. Open water swim or swim in the pool? Open water. It's it's my first passion. Um I learned how to swim in open water, which is not the norm for most people. And um, I share the joy of open water swimming with my father. So it's it's a happy place for me. Okay. All right. Ride inside with Zwift or without Zwift? I do not like Zwift at all. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm a Perf Pro Studio girl. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I'm not a Zwift person either, so I can relate. Yeah. All right, what's your favorite segment in a triathlon? The swim, the bike, or the run? Um, well, it's definitely not the run, so process of elimination. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's a tie between the swim and the bike. Um, and when they're both on, it's 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 an amazing experience for me. I just love the the swim because, like I said, open water swimming, that's truly my happy place. Um, but I love the power and the aggression of the cycling. I often 
talk trash and wave and <laughs> it, it's I think it's a tie between this woman and the mic. Okay. Yeah. All right. What's your favorite race distance? Sprint, Olympic, or long course? It's seventy dot three. That's the easy one. Seventy dot three is my favorite. Okay. All right. What's the first thing you do after a race? Um. Usually, I just drink water, my recovery drink, and I always try to stay close to the finish line to to cheer on other people. Yeah. Okay. All right. A dream race that you want to participate in. Oh, wow. That's hard to say. I, I don't think there is a specific race, but any race that has an ocean swim, a hilly bike, and a flat run. <laughs> Wait a minute. Did you, did you say hilly bike? Yeah, I love, I love, I love challenging bike courses. Oh, I love, okay. I love challenging bike courses anywhere. Um in the Caribbean, close to the ocean, just beautiful, beautiful cycling, beautiful swimming. Is um, I know a lot of people say Kona, but I I don't really I don't have that Kona bug. I I honestly I think even if I was fast enough to qualify for Kona at this point in my life, I don't think that I would accept the slot. I really don't. Really? Yeah, it's just the logistics of it. Um, it's become so just like commercialized. And I rec- and I respect those who that's their goal because right. it's definitely um, it's definitely a, you know an iconic thing to qualify for the, right. the race, but um, I don't know I just I just don't have that Kona bug. Okay, all right. This is kind of to add to that one. Um, dream location anywhere in the world that you can go for a run or a bike ride. Oh wow! I I I really enjoyed cycling in Spain. Um, okay. If I could take a couple of weeks cycling in Spain, and I also enjoy um, cycling in Cuba. I have lots of friends and family there, and um, the cycling there is amazing. Okay, sounds interesting. Sounds you know you spurred my curiosity a little bit. All right, last question: If you can go on a run a bike ride, or train with any celebrity or athlete, dead or alive, who would it be and why? Oh, wow. The funny thing is my iconic, the people, the athletes that inspire me the most are not triathletes. Um, Muhammad Ali, just his mindset and his level of faith. Um, I did get to meet Javier Sotomayor, he is one of my all-time favorite um, athletes. He's a high jumper from Cuba. He okay. actually, um, I podiumed at um, Triathlon Havana, and he gave me my uh, award, and I almost freaked out. Nice, nice. Um, uh, Marie Quino, she's a 800-meter runner from um, Cuba. Okay. Her mindset of, getting back to world-class racing after being burned on 40% of her body, just the mindset and the, the grit that it took to get back to that. Um, I don't know if there are any triathletes that I would dream to train. I know that sounds funny as a triathlete, but um, athletes who were not triathletes are the ones who inspired me the most. And it's mostly because of 
of their mindset and um, or their faith. Oh, it, it, there's nothing strange about that, you know. You know, I ask that question to everyone, and everybody comes from very different spectrums and stuff. So it's nothing weird. It's, it's, it's just like you were saying. It's yeah. people who inspire you, people who you are attracted to, their mindset and the way they think and stuff. Yeah. All right, so let's talk about you. As I always, you know, with every episode, we kind of go into the story of you. You know, I've just bought the movie ticket. I'm sitting in the movie. I got my popcorn. What is Khadijah Diggs' origin story? How did you get to be the athlete that you are now? No. Um, I did my first triathlon in Lake near Georgia. Um, okay. in 2012. And I did it as part of an initiative for uh, the sorority I belong to, Gamma Gamma Chi Sorority Incorporated. Um, and it's an Islamic-based um, sorority. And uh, I found out about Sprint. I knew everybody knew about, you know, uh, Kona because it, it was on TV. It was the... Hello? Hello, you're back? Yes. Okay. I don't know what happened. Did you get a phone call? No, uh, maybe I did and I didn't see it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So what was the last thing you heard? So last thing I heard was after you did your first um, triathlon, um, your sorority. And I think, we, yeah, let's start from there. Okay. So I I did my first triathlon as part of an initiative for the sorority I belong to, which is Gamma Gamma Chi Sorority Incorporated. Okay. Um, I... I had heard of triathlon, but the only thing I had heard of was um, Kona. So once a year on NBC or whatever a sports network it was, you know, you'd see the people suffering through this long race. <laughs> I didn't know that there was anything shorter than that. I thought you went from zero to 140.6 and that was it. Right. So when I found out there were shorter ones, I was like, oh, this would be great and something different. Um, to do to kickstart the initiative so I signed up for the Iron Girl Triathlon Um, I wasn't more like unlike most people I wasn't afraid of the swim because I already was into open water swimming um, more survival mode versus speed and um, I ran the uh, 400 and the 800 in college so I figured oh the run would be easy that was a lie (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um, I came in I think it was second or third to last and that wasn't my age group that was out of everyone um okay. but I had an absolute ball and I signed up for I think four or five more in that first year so oh, I did okay. a sprint triathlon a Georgia multi-sports try the parks I, you know I and I think I've done just about every single one of those I enjoy doing the the local races because you get to see a lot of you know the people that you know and train with yes um, and somewhere during my second year, I met the man who is my mentor now, uh, Coach Alonga Thandaway. Um, and I started training with the Metro Atlanta Cycling Club. And somewhere along the line, I decided that, you know, I wanted to try to make the U.S. team. Uh, and that was after I did my first 70.3, which was is Augusta. It's a popular first time 70.3 for um, athletes in this area. And um, I remember in saying that, I was talking to Coach Alonga and saying that, I remember someone laughed at me. 
Really? They literally, I mean, stand in front of my face, laughed at me because I, I as um, some of your listeners may not know, but I am Muslim and I race fully covered. And her statement was, "You'll never be able to go to fast, get go fast wearing all those clothes." Mm, wow. Yeah. So that kind of that kind of lit it turned my flame from you know bright red to blue, and you know the blue flame is hot. Yes. Yes. Um, and now. The next two years, that was my sole focus. Um, the first time that I went to long course nationals, I did not make the team. Um, but I was proud of myself because um, I went out, I went out full steam. I, I literally, it's the only race that I've ever DNF'd. I passed out at mile six. Oh, wow. I, I went out going for it. Okay. Um, I, subsequently found out during that year the reason that I passed out was I am a borderline diabetic and my blood sugar I had uh, was totally back I dropped my nutrition on the bike I started drinking what was on the course and um I was I got really sick so mm. I worked on my nutrition um and my sole focus for the following year was to make the U.S. team and I did good and it was it was at first, it was, of course, when you set a big goal, of course, it's overwhelming, but it didn't become completely overwhelming till someone noted that no other Black woman had done it, and they had never seen a, a Muslim woman do it. So there was that added added pressure. Um, but I think, in a way, I work well under pressure, but I think that added pressure really really helped me and drove me. So I was, I was kind of grateful for it. I was kind of grateful for it. So, and um, I've been racing. I've been racing ever since. My goal is to continue to race the best I can for as long as I can. I told my kids to bury me with my bike. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, if they're kept, they try, right? Um, but um, also, part of my goal now is to bring as many other women along the journey with me because it's more than just about sport. The confidence that I've gained in being able to do what I'm doing, the opportunity to literally, I've traveled all over the world racing uh, I've, as far as Dubai, as far as South Africa, all over South America, all over the United States. I actually put a map in my van, tacking off all the places I've had an opportunity to race. So I run a foundation called Diversity Infusion Syndicate. And each year I mentor three women. And it's not just mentoring. It's a full coaching experience. They have a run coach, a cycling coach. Um, they get some uh, swim expertise from Coach Alonga. Um, and recently a friend of mine from uh, Cuba has joined, Michelle Gonzalez. He's a professional triathlete in assisting as well. Um, and they get a full coaching experience. We just completed our camp uh, last week where we took them for a three-day experience in um, Charlotte, North Carolina. And our newest sponsor, The Exposed Vegan. Uh, but we focused, the theme of the camp was eat like you give a damn. So we focused, <laughs> we focused on fueling ourselves on a daily basis, as well as our race and key workout fueling. Um, I am an F2C athlete, so uh, those are the products that uh, we used, and we focused on how to properly fuel for the different distances, um, 
So it was, it's, it's a great year-long experience, and we culminated by all of the athletes re- racing together at a multi-sport event. And this year, it'll be Tougaloo. I'll have two athletes doing the sprint and one doing the uh, Olympic distance. Um, and the young lady doing the Olympic distance, her A race will be Ironman North Carolina 70.3. She'll be doing her first 70.3. So that's kind of my story. It's still in progress. <laughs> yes, everybody's story is still in progress. There's still yes. chapters to be written. Yes, yeah. As long as you're this side of the earth. <laughs> yes, definitely. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. Lower, yes. <laughs> All right, so let's go back a little bit. All right, mm-hmm. on your experience with Team USA. Mm-hmm. Um, and you said you were, you had that added pressure of being if I correct, the first black and the first Muslim woman? Well, and I'd like to correct that with saying hijabi. There are some Muslim women who choose not to cover, but the oh. first Muslim woman to, I don't know by faith, I don't ask people what their religion is. Right, right. But I, I was definitely the first hijabi because the controversy over my kit, oh my gosh. Right, and that's what I wanted to kind of talk about. Did, you know, what did you, what was your experience being on Team USA you know, and following your religion and maintaining that? Um, it definitely has not been easy. Uh, and I'm not going to say always been easy because it, it's, it's been a controversy. And I'm not going to say controversy since day one. It didn't become a, become a controversy till I won a race. Oh, okay. okay. The first race... Um, where I was ever top step on the podium was um, it was a Georgia multi-sport event. It was uh, the try to beat cancer. Okay. Which was actually ironic because my national philanthropy is all cancer awareness. So it was, so it was, it was actually fitting. Um, but the young lady who got, I it was second place on the podium with me. Really? And I didn't know that at the time. I I just thought, well, maybe she missed the award ceremony. And when I mentioned it to another, she kind of quietly told me what what had happened. Um, wow! Wow! I had um, an incident at a seventy dot three where the race official wanted to pull me off the line. They did not want to allow me to race in a full coverage swimsuit after I had received quote unquote permission. And remind you, every race, I had to receive permission to race fully covered if it wasn't wetsuit legal. How demeaning is that? It's I, one of those things I where- I had to alert, alert them that I was coming and receive permission. So you have to do that in every race pretty much. Now I don't, I don't have to do that anymore. Okay. But the thing that bothers me is um, I think now because a, a lot of people know me, it's a non-issue, but I, I often wonder, and there aren't that many Muslim women. Can you still hear me? Yes, I can still hear you. Um, racing, how much of it is the fact that a lot of people already know me and how much of it is um, awareness on the side of the officials? Right. 
So I, and just for example, I had an incident, once again, at Ironman Augusta, I was using it as a training race. And this was a year ago, two years, it was just before the pandemic. Okay. I don't know whether this person was a volunteer or an official. And mind you, I was in a Team USA kit at this point. I was racing in the Team USA kit. I was training for um, WTS, a W World Triathlon race. So I had on my Team USA kit just to get a feel for it. The gentleman grabbed, didn't just say something to me. He grabbed me by the arm and said, hey, you can't race in that. It was a non-wetsuit swim, but of course I was fully covered. And fortunately, um, and Mike Ragsdale, I I won't forget it either. He was the announcer and he knew me from several other races. He said, wait a minute, that's Khadija. She races WTS. Her kit is 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 ITU legal, so he let me go. But what if that? What if he didn't know me? Exactly. exactly. What if I wasn't wearing a Team USA kit? And the, my part of my part of my mission as well is to make where racing fully covered a non-issue. Right. To make because- anybody who chooses to race covered for whatever reason, whether it be because they're Muslim or they burn horribly or some other religious reason that they don't have to go through what I went through. Right. Because you, you, I would think that would be very discouraging for people who might be interested in that. Mm -hmm. You know, you're going to tell me I can't participate in the race because of my religious beliefs. Exactly. You know, you know, you know, it's kind of like, you know, you know, you want to do you want to be healthy. You want to have fun. You want the camaraderie of, you know, additional athletes. And, you know, it, that could be discouraging if you know off the boat, like, oh, I'm going to have problems with this. Yeah, exactly. And it's not even them saying no, but then it, there's that level of intimidation. Right, right. You know, and if you're a new triathlete or, you know, it's, it's just, it can be very intimidating. And I purposely seek out, especially in the DISC program, other uh, Muslim women to not only help them, but to say, hey, look, you've received this. Please go out and give it to everybody else. Nothing that I've shared with you is a secret. Right. But so. yeah, just, just hearing that, I'm just, I, I'm, I'm sitting here just shaking my head and going like, Really? I, you know, it's, yeah. it's just amazing. Yeah. And the funny thing is, um, the I, I, the, and because it was a training race, you know, I wasn't all in and serious. And I'm not all in and serious at every race anyway. Even at world championships, I'm the one giggling on the side. <laughs> it's so funny. I, I'm, I'm a pretty lighthearted person. My friend uh, uh, was next to me. And she, she, had, she looked horrified. She looked at me. She said, do you go through this every race? I said, not every race, but it's common. And she just shook her head like in disbelief. I mean, she literally sat there and witnessed what had happened. We were just sitting there chit-chatting. The guy grabbed my arm. And I think because I was I was so stern with him, yeah, look, you, you don't, first of all, let go of my arm. Right, exactly. And, that, and the way I said it to him, not rude, but just very, look, you're not grabbing me like this. He let go. And then, you know, Mike's response, quick response, watched the whole situation and I was back to giggling and she just looked at me like what just happened here and now you're smiling 
Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let, let's go to a little bit of something. Let's talk about something a little bit more positive now. Yes. Because yeah, you've got my blood kind of more than a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what does a week of training look like for you? You know, you know, what is your daily training regimen? Oh, wow. Um, like I said, I'm a 70.3 focus athlete. Um, I do do some 140.6s, but um, I usually do those off of 70.3 fitness, but adding in maybe two century rides, um, I'll up my swimming just a tip and I'll do one 20 mile run just to give myself that experience of being on my feet that long. But generally Mondays, Okay. Coming from my key workouts on the week, um, I do strength training on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Um, uh, Wednesdays are my interval days for my running, um, and then Tuesdays and Thursdays are also my interval days for my cycling. Um, I swim. I I don't have a pattern for swimming. I I love to swim. I try to make sure that I swim four days a week. But oh, uh, okay. there's really no pattern for my swimming. I always swim on uh, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. That's just because uh, Saturday and Sunday I have more time, and Monday is my easy day, and swimming is, like I said, my happy place. And I try to get you know one or two more days in during the week uh, when I have time. But lots of easy aerobic rides, lots of easy aerobic runs. That's that's basically how I. Other than those those key workouts that I speak up about as I get closer to races, um, I'll have one, uh, long brick day versus doing a long ride on Saturday and a long run on Sunday. I'll combine those either on the Saturday or the Sunday and the Saturday or the Sunday will be a light day where I'll just do, I love to trail run. Um, I'm a much better trail runner than I am a road runner. Um, I'll combine a long, easy swim with, a a trail run sometimes turns into a hike, but you know, just something to get my blood circulating to be outside and to help build that aerobic engine. Okay. Well, let's cast that back on me. You said you're a much better trail runner than a road runner. Mm-hmm. What do you yeah. mean by that? I'm, I'm curious at that. Cause that's the first time I've really heard someone really say that. Um, I, I, I think we've met in person maybe one time. I'm very yes. small. <laughs> yes. Um, I, I have a, a quick cadence. I don't have, you know, that long, you know, beautiful stride. Um, this just the agility of, you know, running through trails, especially technical trails. I'm really good at that. And I kind of lose myself in the agility versus focusing on the miles. So okay. I think mostly and just because of my size and, you know, the type of runner that I am, um, I, I always, I, very few people can run close to the same pace on the trails that they can on the road. And I, I can do that. Really? Is, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I know with me, when I trail race, I have to slow down my pace some. Yeah. Because I'm more focused on the terrain to make sure, like, okay, make sure I don't hit a root or a rock and bust my, yeah. my tail. <laughs> Yeah. And I'm not that I'm not that fast on the road anyway. So that's I mean, that's not like super amazing. But yeah, it's um, if I if I do an open 5k, I'm running like maybe 24, 25 minutes. 
but okay. I can do a trail 5k in probably 26, 27 minutes. Okay. Yeah, that's balanced. Yeah, that's that's pretty balanced. Yeah. 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 So do you in regards to training, do are you self-trained, self-coach, or do you have or have you used a trainer in the past? Um, I have always I've never had a triathlon specific coach. Um, but I Eulene Josiah Tanner has been my run coach. Um I've trained for specifically for swimming with a gentleman named Kamal Hogan. Um and as I mentioned before, I cycle train with the Metro Atlanta Cycling Club um, and Coach Alonga Sandaway is my mentor. And I've also trained uh, with a gentleman who lives in um, Columbus, Georgia. He's a mentor of mine as well, a mentor of mine as an athlete and as a coach, um, Alfonso Ahuja. He's the coach of Team Strive, um, just a great person. Um, a, a host of experience. He's a level two um, triathlon coach. Um, and he helped me with the first camp for DISC. Um, and he's actually on the, the board for uh, diversity infusion as well. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. So you mentioned that you were diabetic. Mm-hmm. So how did that affect your fueling? Um, I use, I can't use, products that are corn-based um, so, because it has a high glycemic index and a lot of the a lot of the, the products do if you look at uh, even some of the higher quality products you'll see you'll literally just see corn or you see uh, maize right um, and anything that is uh, a simple sugar uh, once they'll say they use pure cane sugar I'll be in the hospital I can't I can't use those okay so that's that's why I use f2c Okay. Yeah, it's a great. I think F2C, um, you can scratch. Those are probably the only. No, not even scratch. Yeah, Those, I was gonna say I used to use scratch. Like, yeah, I don't think you could use scratch. Yeah, yeah, but um, you can. But um, F2C, high quality, great, great tasting, and the I love the owners because they are, they're not settled on where they are. They're constantly doing research on new products. Um, okay. We. We talk about the different products and how they should be used as a team uh, on a weekly basis. We have a team meeting called Bits and Bites where we talk about the different products. Um, and as they uh, get ready to launch new products, uh, as athletes, we test them out and they listen to the feedback that we give them. Even as much as there was one product, we're like, yo, this makes our fingers yellow. You know, so that. <laughs> They, they listen and they they implement based on uh, real science. Uh, we call Greg the mad scientist. And <laughs> real feedback from athletes of from all different levels, from, you know, beginners to elite amateurs, uh, athletes racing on Team USA to professional athletes. And they have athletes all over the world. And literally when we have our meetings, um, it's like the United Nations. And it's, it's, it's exciting to be a part of a team like that. I even talk about the fact that um, they began to sponsor me at a time when sponsoring, uh, you know, a black Hispanic Muslim woman was probably not the best career move, but they saw in me something that I probably didn't even see in myself. And I appreciate them for that. They were the, they were the team that made sure I got my first real triathlon kit through them. They made sure that I got a kit that was comfortable 
it was a real kit, not, you know, Jimmy Rigged sleeves right. To, right. to meet my religious beliefs. They wanted me to have a real kit like everyone else. And I'm, I'm grateful to them for that. Nice. Nice. Okay. As an athlete, finding balance is something that we all struggle with. Um, how do you um, manage to stay balanced and calm and find, you know, balance in having such a busy life? Um, it's, it's a teeter totter. <laughs> <laughs> it's constantly, you, it's, I don't think it's ever completely balanced. Just like everyone else, you just, you make a plan and you constantly adjust the plan. I think anybody who works in IT, you know, they, everybody's into this agile project management type thing. I mean, you make a, a plan, you prioritize and you just keep on the board and do the best that you can in, in each area. Well, I work in IT. I work in areas of cybersecurity, so I can relate. Yeah. I can relate. Yeah. All right. So what is your inspiration or what are some things that keep you going daily? You know, what wakes you up every morning? It's like, you know, I got to do this. Or if you think about the old, what is it, the old commercial? Got to make the biscuits or got to make the donuts. What yeah, it's time to make the donuts. Yes. Yeah. Um like everybody you get tired and you get overwhelmed mm -hmm. um, but um when you have one athlete to say you know that changed my life or thank you i appreciate it or just any message if you can change one person's life i mean you've done something and mm -hmm. anyone those are the things that 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 keep me going and sometimes even just looking back on the person that I was, even not that I was a bad person before I started triathlon, but just where I am now as a human being um, versus where I was before. Um, that's what keeps me going. I know every day is not going to be glorious. I know every training session is not going to be glorious. And you're probably going to have more meh or bad races than great races. But when you think about those races that just made you sigh, it's worth it. It's worth it. Yes. Yes. All right. So this is kind of a two-part question here. First part, what is your proudest moment as a triathlete? And then the second part, what is your worst moment or the biggest mistake you've made as a triathlete? Um, and somebody just asked me this question and they thought it was strange that I would say this. Um, I think every every proudest moment sometimes is overlapped by another proudest moment. And I think a lot of people expect me to say, you know, when the first time I made the U.S. team. And that is an extremely proud moment. It changed me in a way that, and I think it changed, I don't think it's done it yet, but I think it was the first step into changing triathlon and changing USA triathlon and then recognizing that a different de demographic is coming and they need to be ready for it. Um, but I think my proudest moment just personally was my last, my last Ironman in Florida. It was brutal. Um, and I had to quit. Um, and all the, I didn't make, 
all the things that I had learned came together. I'm usually, you know, a front of the, a back of the front pack swimmer. I barely made the cutoff. They were riptide, but I was patient and I leaned on all the things my father taught me as an open water swimmer and I made it out. Um, I'm usually a super aggressive biker, uh, but I realized based on the weather for the day that um, if I was as aggressive as I usually am, I wasn't going to make it. So I was patient and that was hard for me to be patient. And uh, I've never run a marathon without walking. And even though my time was not the greatest, it was a super big, and as you said, I said before, if you've seen me, I'm a pretty small person. The headwinds were tough. I ran the entire marathon and that was the first time I'd ever done that. So even though my time didn't reflect it, I was proud of my maturity as an athlete and I was proud of not giving up. Um, and I was really happy too. Uh, when I finished, there were messages from my daughter who had been tracking me and that made me feel really good. My daughter was tracking me and she saw me not give up. Oh. And so those were special moments right there. Yeah, it was it was it was a great feeling. It was it was a great feeling to to execute uh, in a way that I tried to encourage my athletes to execute. Um, and it was good to be in the kind of mental state that I was willing to fight to the finish. Okay. Awesome. I love it. I love it. All right. So got to ask you, what's your go-to running shoe? Oh, and the, the sad part is they don't make it anymore. They change models. Every, the uh, For racing, uh, the uh, Adidas Adios Pro 1. I do not like the 2. So uh, you, you're probably one of those people that go and like you ask, do you have a 1? Do you have a 1? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I have two here, and I have I have enough to last me to the end of the season. And I'm sitting here like, oh God, I have to find another shoe for next year for training. Um, <laughs> for training, like for my key workouts, I use the um, the Hoka Rocket X, which okay. is a good shoe, but it's not a for me. It's not a good racing shoe. Really, that yeah. is my the Rocket X is my race day shoe. Yeah, yeah, it, it's definitely a good shoe, but um, I need something with a little more cushion and bounce for okay. for racing because just the the added pressure, the added intensity. Okay, okay, all right. So, what bike do you use for your triathlons? I'm a I'm a Trek. I'm part of the Trek Nation. I ride a speed, <laughs> um, and I am a component snob. I am SRAM Red ETAP. Um, and I hopefully plan to get a new bike next year. I will be going to that new speed concept uh -huh. and I'll be riding the SRAM Red Axis. So that's, yeah. And I, my road bike is uh, Edmonda. Edmonda, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're a Trek person. Yeah, I'm Trek, I'm <laughs> Trek Nation. My daughter rides my, um, my um, old bike, uh, Madone, my old Madone. And they have the little kitty, they, they've outgrown them, but they have the little kitty tracks. I'm just the, I've tried other bikes. And I think the only other bike that I felt comfortable on uh, was a Canyon. But I think a Canyon has a very similar uh, geometry to the, to the track. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, see, now, you know, you, you say you're a trick person, you know, 
And I, I know re, a recent local group ride we had, you know, everybody, most everybody there were Trek, and I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm specialized. Okay. So they just kind of looked at me like, oh, you're specialized? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah they're they're like, we're, we're Trek, we're Trek. And I'm like, okay, good for you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're all great, but I think bikes and shoes are things that are extremely personal. I don't think you yes. can just by brand i mean really everything even nutrition i love ftc nutrition i recommend it um wholeheartedly and i share how i use it but in the end uh, everybody's physiology is different yes yes yeah. so you, i mean it's just a matter of finding what works for you yes yeah. you know you know like say from your shoes to the bike to the nutrition you know, even the type of kit you wear, you know, just finding what you're comfortable in, what works for you, what makes you feel good, and what makes you perform at your best. Yeah. I hate I hate wetsuits. I actually swim faster without a wetsuit. Really? Yeah. I just because of my, my body position, unless it's mm-hmm. cold, cold, I will I I've made I made a commitment to myself. Unless it's cold, cold, just because everybody else has in a wetsuit, I'm not. I'm not going to worry about it. I did. There was less current this year than there was last year um, at Chattanooga, and I swam. I think it is four or five seconds per 100 faster. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, I just I sit too high on the water in a wetsuit. I literally feel like I'm hydroplaning. Oh wow. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, I just. Yeah, it's funny when I was at. Um, short course nationals this year in texas uh one event i did wear a wetsuit it was the open water swim i was like oh gosh these are going to be pure swimmers they're gonna be so much faster than me and i probably should wear my wetsuit and it was like i had a magnet on my body to the dock i couldn't keep myself vertical because my body kept floating up to the bot underneath the dock oh wow <laughs> it's like everybody wow. was like i can't keep my feet down <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's just and when i swim i can feel my back and my mm-hmm. feet out of the water i just it, i just i'm fortunate to have a good really good body position okay interesting yeah. See, when, when, when you talk to people with that's what i love about these interviews you talk to people you hear so much interesting stories about them especially when you've seen them out there and you've met them you know you're kind of like oh okay yeah. so i learned okay. i learned about trail right you're a better trail runner yeah. And I learned that you don't like swimming with a swimsuit, with a wetsuit. Yeah, yeah. I'm definitely a floater. I'm definitely a floater. <laughs> All right. So if you can go tell your younger self um, something, what would it be? You have to love yourself first, especially, I think, as a young mother. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. I put so much into being a mother. There were mm-hmm. times when I neglected myself, and I think you have to. Um, my father, my and it's funny. My father told me told me this that as the mother, you're the center of the family. If you're not right, nothing's right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I wish I had told my younger self that. Um, I don't regret a second that I've spent devoted to my children, but I think um, I'm better for, and the household is better for be actually taking some time for me right right all right so what is a non-athletic fact about you that most people don't know 
Um, I don't have TV. We have YouTube and Netflix. I don't watch TV. Well, that's more common nowadays. <laughs> yeah, but I've always been like that. I okay. haven't had TV in this house since, gosh, it's probably been 15 years. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Um, I'm a daddy's girl. Oh. <laughs> um, I I horseback I, I I haven't horseback ridden in a while, but I horseback ride. Um, and I speak, albeit one of them extremely poorly. I speak three languages. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. So, as we get ready to close, what's next for you? Thing now, you got something else in the works. You know, what's going on? What you got? Well, I'm still working on disc. Um, I'm trying to get disc on uh, solid ground. Um, I intend to continue. Um, so um, I have one of my athletes races this coming weekend in Callaway Gardens. Um, this will be her first open water triathlon. Um, that, that's a good one. I'm, yeah. I'm- I, I, this is normally a race I would participate in, but I, I won't be able to do it this year. Okay. And I kind of miss because I love I loved that bike course. So, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> I have another athlete racing in um, Miami um, at the end of the month. Um, and uh, another athlete racing in uh, Williamsburg, uh, Virginia, coming up soon. I'm personally, I'll be racing in Oregon. Um, July. Then I have uh, Ironman Alaska. I've never raced in Alaska. I have been to Anchorage, but only been in the hangar when I worked for Delta. Okay. So, um, I'll be racing there, and then I have North Carolina, and then I'll be doing Florida again at the end of the year. Um, and we have the team event uh, at Tougaloo um, at the end of the year. And a dear friend of mine, uh, the gentleman who helped me with DISC, Michel Gonzalez, he um he will be he was racing under uh, his Cuban pro card. He mm-hmm. now here in the United States and he'll be racing for his U.S. pro card at Ironman Augusta. And you will be hearing me yell in English and Spanish and screaming my head <laughs> to cheer him on. He's an amazing he's an amazing athlete. He was first out of the water in um, Cozumel several times. Um, uh, racing under his Cuban pro card. So him getting his pro card is, I'm not going to say a sure bet because nothing's a sure bet, but um, right. I, yeah, I don't see him. I don't see him missing it. He's an amazing athlete, amazing mm-hmm. human. So. Okay. All right. Kadisha, thank you for coming on the show. And if people wanted to get in contact with you or to find out more about this, how can they do so? So I have a website. It's called, it's Khadija triathlete.com that's k-h-a-d-i-j-a-h triathlete.com and from there you can get to my instagram site um my facebook page i don't tweet very much but you know i do i do tweet every now and then and on my youtube channel a lot of people ask about my um my favorite music so i keep my playlist up to date there (laughs) okay (laughs) i had to check that playlist out and see what you okay (laughs) <laughs> Actually, I have some updates today, so give me a few minutes. I have some, some new updates. I've got some Kendrick Lamar stuff I like now. Oh, okay. Awesome. Yeah. Again, 
thank you for coming on the show. I really appreciate um, the time you spent with me today. And thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. Hey, you have a wonderful day today. You as well. All right. Thank you for listening to this episode of the No Gimmicks, Just Sweat podcast. We really appreciate everyone who tunes in each week. If you enjoyed today's show, please support us by subscribing, rating, and reviewing the show wherever you listen to podcasts. And remember to tell your friends about the No Gimmicks, Just Sweat podcast so we can continue to have awesome conversations with everyday athletes just like you. Until next time, have an amazing week.